at Erickson Covenant Church. And as we started uh, planning our, our fall, as we started going into our program, when we thought programming, we thought today would be a great opportunity for me to come up and share with you why Erickson Covenant Church focuses on kids and teens, why we feel this is a vital part of our ministry. As you saw by the video, we measure our time with your kids in weekends. For those of you who have infants, newborns, you just saw you have, well, a little less than 940 weekends from the time they're born until they graduate grade 12. For those of us who have a student entering grade 12, I said I wasn't going to get emotional because I have one of those kids. We are very aware of how few weekends we have left with those kids. So why do we do what we do? Why do kids and teens matter so much here at Erickson Covenant Church? Well, I'd like to suggest that it's all focused on one belief. And we want this one belief to be the driving force behind everything we do here. Now, when I I keep saying we... Um, You need to know that, yes, I am the children and families ministry pastor, but the decisions aren't all just mine. The leadership, the staff, we're all together on this focus for our youth. But this is the driving force behind what we do here. This one belief is why we believe every kid has the potential to learn about God, relate to God, and to find and follow and trust Jesus. It is also the reason we believe we can help every kid have a better future. This belief will not be new to a lot of you. Many of you likely already believe it, so there's going to be no surprise when I reveal it to you. But when I tell you what it is, we're going to take a moment and we're going to pause. And we're going to think about it. And we're going to think about what it implies And consider the impact this one belief can have on how we really see every kid. Are you ready? Well, here it is. One belief. Every child is made in the image of God. No surprise, is it? No. You're not surprised. But what does that mean? Well, I think it means children have the stamp of God's image imprinted on their lives they have the divine capacity to reason improve to lead they have the divine capacity to care relate trust even to love and i'm focusing on this because well sometimes as adults we miss it even christian leaders miss it many adults often feel that kids and teens are too young, not smart enough, not mature enough, not Christian enough to learn anything. Well, that hasn't been my experience, and I'm sure a lot of you, it hasn't been your experience either. Because how many of you had downloaded a new program on your computer (laughs) to lose it and have to call your seven-year-old or call the seven-year-old neighbor to come and find it for you, and within minutes they have it all fixed. They have it all figured out. 
Or who among you has gone to a movie with a bunch of kids only to have them leaving singing every word to the song they just heard? Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. That's the only part I came away with. The rest of the kids knew all the words. I don't know how they do it. Well, I do know how they do it. Who of you have given a box of Lego to a little kid to have them rip it open, toss away the instructions, and were able to build that spaceship exactly the way it is on the box? Yeah, not smart enough? Mm. Not at all. And how do they do this? How are they able to do all of this? Well, because they have a God-given potential. They have a divine capacity. So what would happen if we treated every kid who breathes like they are made in the image of God? Don't miss that. I said every kid. Whether they believe in God or not, whether they attend this church or not, whether they are Christians or not. So that is why we teach every kid and lead every kid like they matter to God because they were made by God. Now, I already mentioned that some people miss this. And if you're one of those people, don't feel bad. You're in good company. The disciples missed this. In the New Testament... In the Matthew, Mark, and Luke books, Jesus uses children to help the disciples understand the kingdom of God. The scripture I'm going to be sharing from is taken from Matthew 19. Jesus had been traveling around doing preaching and teaching and healing. And at one location, a group of parents brought their children and they were trying to get them to Jesus. And the disciples said, whoa, nope. He's tired. Go away. Jesus doesn't want to deal with children. And then something kind of great happens. Jesus had to get a little firm with the disciples, even a little angry. And he told the disciples, let the children come to me. Pretty cool. He didn't stop there, though. He said, and do not hinder them. All of us could probably write a really long list of ways we've hindered children over the years. But he keeps going. And he says, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus tells the disciples that if they want to get into the kingdom of God, they need to become like children. What? That's probably what they said. He didn't say that kids needed to grow up and be like adults in order to relate to God. He said that adults needed to become like children to relate to God. Jesus had a pretty high opinion of kids. Jesus made a pretty big deal about them. Now, earlier in this scripture, Jesus had overheard the disciples arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And once again, Jesus uses children to make his point. Whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. Simply put, 
treat kids the way you would treat me. The me in that sentence is Jesus. Jesus is God. Can we say, treat children the way you treat God? Welcome children the way you would welcome God. So what is he telling us? Well, he could be telling us that no one should be more welcomed in our church than a crying baby. That no one should be more welcomed in our church than the toddler that refuses to sit still. No one should be welcomed more in our church than the precocious middle schooler. I've met several of them. And no one should be more welcomed in our church than that defiant teenager. It doesn't matter whether any of these kids act like God. It doesn't matter if they sound like God. What matters is that they were made in the image of God and they reflect the image of God. And when we learn to treat kids like they are made in the image of God, we increase their potential to see God. And when we do this, when we increase their potential to see God, we open doors for kids to trust in God's character. We open the door for them to find and follow and trust Jesus. And we set them up for a better future. That better future is smarter decisions, having stronger relationships, having a deeper faith. Of course, we all want this for our own children, but let's want it for every child and teen. So, how can we be a part of a better future for our kids? We have over 80-plus kids that are connected with our community here. And I know some of you are already trying to lose eye contact with me because you're afraid I'm going to ask you to sign up to teach. You can relax a little. And maybe this next part will help you relax. It is not my job or your job to make a child grow spiritually. That's God's job. If we try to do that, we're going to frustrate the kid and we're only going to get tired. So what can we do? What can our community do? Well, we can get better at breaking up the ground, planting the seeds, watering and fertilizing a kid's potential to know God. If we want our kids, when they hit the end of that 940 weeks, to know what's really important when they're stepping away from here, to truly know what's important, we need to make this one belief a focus. We have a really limited window of time to influence every kid. We want to help every kid to have a better future. So that is why we are here to help them understand how to love God and how to own their own faith. So how can we be a part of this? Well, I've put together a short list. I'm sure there's a few more things that can be added there. 
pray, family fun day, provide snacks, nursery care, teach, Christmas concerts, classroom decorating, financial, financially, teachers help, our hobbies and interests, safety, youth, toddlers, middle schoolers, making Play-Doh, movie nights, small group leaders. I want to highlight a few of those. I want to talk particularly right now about prayer. I know a lot of you already pray for our teachers, for our kids, and pray for me, and I thank you. I thank you for that support. But I want to ask you to stretch your prayer parameters. Not the right word, but go with me. I want you to look around our church. Pick a kid or a teen and say that that's the kid you're going to pray for for this next year. If you don't know any kids, come to me. I will introduce you to some kids. Better yet, find the family they belong to and introduce yourself to them. And let them know that their kid is the one you're going to pray for this summer or this year. Introduce yourself to some of our teens. They may not look you in the eye. They may feel awkward. But let them know that you're praying for them this year. Of course, financially, yeah, it takes money to run programs. It does. Hobbies and interests. I know we have a lot of really talented people in our community, and if you have something you could share, teach to some of our kids, come talk to me. We'll set something up. We have a lot of kids that want to learn a lot of stuff. Of course there's teaching. Yeah, we need teachers. And I want to talk also about nursery. Sometimes nursery is thought of as a babysitting service. It's not a babysitting service here at Erickson Covenant Church. None of our ministry program, our children's ministry program, is a babysitting service. It's an opportunity to be part of a better future for our kids. Our babies, yeah, you're supplying their basic needs when they enter the nursery. You're hugging them, keeping them safe. But you're the first introduction to this path, to this 940 weekends that we have to influence them to know God. Kids are a big deal here. So I'm going to challenge you. I want you all to look at this list and pick two things. Two areas that you think you can help be part of a better future for our kids. I already mentioned one, and I'd love you all to pick prayers one and then pick another one. So I made it easy for you. Now you only have to pick one. I picked the first one. Pick another one. If you need information about the other ones, come talk to me. I can help you. Our kids matter here. Jesus made a big deal out of our kids. He made a point of how important they were. We make a big deal about our kids. They are a priority here at Erickson Covenant Church. And I want all of us to be part of the children's ministry team to create a better potential, a better future, to increase the potential for each and every one of these kids to see God. And then when you leave here this week, I want you to look at those kids that don't attend here 
in the same way. Because they are also created in the image of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we as we go away from here today, I pray that we would take some of these opportunities to influence children with us, that we will think about them, that we would pray about them, that we would have the courage to talk to those families and teens and tell them that we're praying for them. Because, Lord God, with your strength, with your ability through us, we can change the lives of these children, not just with the community that is attached to us, but with our whole town. And what a different world we would live in if we could do that. I thank you, Jesus, for all the children that come here that I have the opportunity to work with. And thank you, Father, for the people who are here today who are willing to take this challenge. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.